And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Turn your Bibles to Psalms 136. We'll read verse 1 to 4. I'm going to continue two weeks ago. Amen. We left off speaking on the mercies of God. Can somebody say thank God for his mercy? Oh, thank God for his mercy. Hallelujah. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalms 136, 1 reads, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is what? Is he a good God? God is good? All the time? Hallelujah. For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 2, Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, again, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 3, O give thanks unto the Lord of Lords. Why? For his mercy endureth forever. Verse 4, to him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. Isn't that a blessing? The mercy of the Lord endureth forever. Not the mercy of human beings. Not the mercy of supervisors. Mm, but the mercy of the Lord endureth forever. God is not short with people. Amen. He's merciful and he's wonderful. Amen. So like we said in this psalm, God the Holy Spirit through this psalmist is making an appeal for us to join him in giving thanks unto God for his mercies. And since we said during this Thanksgiving Christmas season, we're going to, we are going to spend some time focusing on the mercies of God. You see, we've focused a lot on the judgment of God in the Old Testament. There is another side of God. God would have me speak about to the church, his goodness, amen, his loving kindness, his tender mercies, amen, his love. Are you with me, saints? We need to know that God is not, God doesn't only judge, he's not only a judge, but he's merciful. We look back in the Old Testament and we see so much judgment. But what we do not know is because God has been waiting on this gen, on these nations for 500 years to repent. God waited on Egypt 500, on the Egyptians 500 years to repent. They never repented. God came. He raised up Israel. Are you with me? They spent 430 years in Egypt. The Egyptians never repented. Since I get what I'm saying, when you see judgment in the Old Testament, it's because God has, God has waited for thousands of years for people to repent and they chose not to repent. And so the Bible says, you shall reap what you sow. Second Peter 2, 9 states, God is not slack concerning his promises as men and women count slackness. You got to see that verse, since you got to see that verse. Sometimes when you know, when you are, Second Peter 3, 9, is it 2, 9 or 3, 9, one of them? 9, praise the Lord. You got it? Amen. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. As men count slackness. Bodies. It's right here. He's coming. Bodies what? Long suffering. To whom? To us what? Long suffering to us. Not willing that any should perish. It is not God's desire for anybody to go to hell. For that matter, God is sending nobody to hell. They are making their decision to go there. Because God has provided a way out of hell. And that is Jesus Christ. 
The problem, the problem is not sin. The problem is what you did with what, with the provision God made for you to escape hell. What are you doing with Jesus? Because God has made a way. He has made a way. The problem is not sin. For that matter, God is not even in a bad mood. He's not mad. He, take, he took all his fury, Isaiah 53, and placed it on Jesus. Since I, I'm going to attempt to show you a different side of God. You know, what I'm teaching here, I learned years ago, 10, 15 years ago. And it caused, it caused me to fall in love with God. When you see God's goodness, the Bible says that it is the goodness of God that does what? Leads to repentance. It's the goodness of God that draws people to him. Amen. God's goodness, if, if, God, if God's goodness motivates you to commit sin, maybe you should question whether or not you're saved. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you see what God did in spite of what you've done, Mm. Are you getting what I'm saying? You fall in love with God. Oh, let me move along here. I, I haven't looked at my verses, but I just, I just feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. Glory. Can we collectively say thank God for his mercies? Glory be to Jesus. Now, let me just set a foundation quickly by reviewing some of the material I reviewed last week, uh, two weeks ago. Amen. If you can recall, I stated, if you can recall, in Psalms 136, there is a phrase in verse 1, verse 2, verse 3. And the phrase in verse 1 reads, Psalms 136. Praise the Lord. Let's go to verse 1. Amen. Uh, 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 the, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. I mean, verse 2, sorry. <laughs> verse 2 reads, oh, give thanks unto the God of gods. Amen. The, the first phrase in verse 1 was, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Look at the first phrase in verse 2, O give thanks unto the God of gods. Look at the first phrase in verse 3, O give thanks unto the Lord of lords. Amen. And we said last week, the psalmist wants you to know who he's referring to. He wants you to be clear that he's referring to the Lord of lords and the God of gods. He's not referring to a human being here when he says give thanks unto the God of gods. Amen. So he's clarifying because, you know, there are so many gods nowadays. You remember we said that. So he wants you and I to know, hey, I'm referring to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Amen. And to, to, let me tell you exactly who he's referring to. If you go to Revelation chapter 19 verse 16, you will see who he's referring to when he say, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Revelation chapter 19 verse 16 says, and he hath on his vesture, and on his thigh a name written. The name written is King of Kings. And let's give thanks unto who he's referring to here. Jesus. Can somebody say King Jesus? You, everybody wants to talk about God. When you say Jesus, we got a problem. So when the Bible says, oh, give thanks unto God, he's referring here to Jesus. Because Jesus is called the Lord of Lords in Revelation chapter 19 verse 16. The Bible says upon his return, he has on his vesture, on his clothing, amen? And he has a sash, a sash that goes around his body and on his vesture, his clothing, and on his sash, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the Bible says he's coming and he's coming and his eyes full of fury. The reason why his eyes, you got to see the way his eyes is described. Can you go, can you go back? And I'm going to tell you why. 
Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Can you go back to verse 15 or verse 14? It talks about his eyes. Glory be to Jesus. Verse 14. Uh, yes, his eyes who has what? A flame of fire. And the reason why his eyes is like the flame of fire is because of for thousands of years, he's given people the chance to repent. And they refuse to repent. As you go through the book of Revelation, you will see plague after plague. People raise their fist in defiance. And God says, enough is enough. He's coming not with a smile, but he's coming to take over. This is the same Jesus God told us to give thanks unto the Lord of Lords and the God of Gods. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Can somebody say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus for your goodness. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells us here that the psalmist is inviting us, making an appeal for us to give God praise and thanks. Because he's worthy to be praised. 26 times in this psalm, we are told to give God praise and thank God for his mercy. 26 times. Psalms 107 verse 17. Can you turn over to Psalms 107 verse 17? I want to bring your attention to a, to a particular phrase here. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Psalms 107 verse 17 says, But the mercy of the Lord is from Psalms 107 verse 17. 103, my apologies. Amen. We are told here the mercy of the Lord endures for forever. Psalms 103 verse 17, my apologies, reads, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. The mercy of the Lord is from where? Everlasting to everlasting. God's mercy has been around a long time. Just like the word of God has been around a long time. Amen. God is merciful and gracious. Amen. Glory be to God. So we are told here, brothers and sisters, in Psalms 136, verse, uh, um, verse, verse 1 to 4, the word mercy is used there. We said, for the mercy of the Lord and just forever, for the mercy of the Lord and just forever, for the mercy of the Lord and just forever. It behooves you and I to find out what is the mercy of God. Mm -mm -mm. You need to know, we need to know what exactly the Bible is referring to when he says 26 times something and just forever. Mm, it behooves you and I to do some digging, amen, and find out exactly what mercy means. Well, uh, uh, the English word mercy is derived from a Hebrew word called hesed, H-E-S-E-D, hesed. Now, listen very carefully. The word hesed appears over 248 times in the King James Version of the Bible. That's the version I use. If you use the New American Standard Version or the English Standard Version or the uh, Amplified, it may be different, amen? But in the Bible I said, in the King James Version, that word mercy, hesed, the Hebrew word, is mentioned over 248 times. But many times it's not called mercy. Listen to what it's called. 149 times it's referred to as mercy. 40 times it's translated as kindness. 30 times it's translated as loving kindness. There's the difference between kindness and loving kindness. Mm, are you with me? It's kind for me to give you a toast. Mm? If I give you two slices of a toast, would you say I'm kind? But if I take that toast, glory be to God, and I place some mayo. 
on that toast and I place a little mustard. Glory be to Jesus. I go back to the refrigerator. I got me some greens. Amen. And bless God, I got me some ham. Glory be to God. Bless God, I got me some cheese. Glory. And now it's not only a toast, it is a full-blown sandwich. Now that's loving kindness. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not just kind I'm trying to break it down to you it's not just kindness it is loving kindness glory be to God are you getting what I'm saying glory be to God you put time it costs you something loving kindness is going to cost you something it's not something you just give away no 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 you take time and you give it away well. That is the way God is, brothers and sisters. I knew, that's why it's important that we get into this word and understand what they mean. So when the Bible says that God's mercy endures forever, mm, it means that his love and kindness. It means that his kindness. It means his goodness. Amen. It means his favor. That's what the word means. His favor has been given to us well. It cost him something to give that to us. Oh, glory. Now, now listen, let me dig further. Now, the word has said, very interesting word. It has a Hebrew and a Greek root. When I say root, that word came from a different word. So, Hesed, the Hebrew word it comes from is Hasad. And listen, I know many of you. I, I, look, let me just say that before I continue. I do not know much Greek or Hebrew. Amen. I know one Hebrew, he owns a bakery, a Greek, he owns a salad bar. <laughs> That's, <laughs> praise the Lord. I, but I just did a little study. <laughs> praise, I just did some studies to help us understand what we're talking about. Amen. So the word hesed, the root, the Hebrew root for hesed is hasad. And here's what it, is, it means. It means to show yourself merciful. The Greek he, the Greek root for hesed is, listen, listen very carefully, it is Bethesda. Bethesda means house of kindness. <laughs> Are you getting, and, and listen, listen, listen. Hence, what was recorded in the scripture about the pool of Bethesda was the manifestation of God's mercy, his love and kindness. You remember what happened at the pool of Bethesda? I'm telling you, since I'm about to, you, you remember what happened at the pool of Bethesda? The Bible says in John chapter 5, there were, there was a pool of Bethesda. In Bethesda, there was, there were, there were five porches. And in the, let, let's read the text. Let me not paraphrase. Sometimes you want to, you want to paraphrase. And when you do, you take out the gist and the meaning, the life from it. So let's look at, is that okay? If we look at the scripture, can you imagine way back in the Old Testament, God gave us the word mercy. The Greek root for mercy is Bethesda. Bethesda means house of kindness. Brothers and sisters, I submit to you years throughout the scripture. God has been trying to tell people I am merciful. I'm not only a God of judge. I don't only judge. I'm not angry. I want people say, oh, he's an angry God. No, he's not an angry God. God is telling us he's a merciful God. He's a God that's full of love and kindness. Oh, glory be to Jesus. So, John chapter 5, you got it? It says in verse 1, in verse 2, Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called, in Hebrew tongue what? 
Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of important folk. Important here means just people with, who were diseased. They went to the doctors and the doctors tell them, we can't do anything for you. You have to die with all your problems. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? The word Bethesda means house of kindness. And God is not a God in name only. Oh, I'm about <laughs> God is a God who does things. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? God is not a God in name only. So if God's names represent something, he's going to act like that. So mercy means house of kindness. And we see God's kindness taking place at the pool of Bethesda. Let's continue here. Let's continue. It says in this lay a great multitude of important folk of blind. There were a lot of blind people. Amen. People who were halted. Halted here means crippled. There were people who were withered. Uh, maybe from a, maybe from a leprosy. Their hands were withered. Amen. Uh, uh, waiting for the moving of the water. Now I can preach that right here because these are physical defects. No, we got issues. We got issues people cannot see. Many of us are halted. Many of us are impotent. Many of us are, 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 are withered. Mm? Are you getting what I'm saying? Situations can get you like that. Many of us, we've been through the fire and we have allowed the fire to define us. Are you with me? Hence, we cannot be the same person we were before the fire. The Bible says there is a cure for that. Psalms 119 verse 7 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting it, the soul. To convert is to take you back to your original self. Amen. So if you've been through some fire, some betrayal, the Bible says, there's a cure. You don't have to remain the way you are. The law of the Lord, which is a title for God's word, it is perfect. It converts the soul. Because most time the soul is the one that's affected, not your body. We can't see the soul, but it's the soul most time that's jacked up. I, I, you get what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? It is the soul most times. And what's the soul? The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Uh, I got got news. There's restoration. There's restoration. If you're looking today, there's restoration. In the midst of the bad news that's going on, there's restoration. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. If your soul needs restoration, glory be to Jesus. If your soul needs restoration, you know life sometimes can rob us of our purity and our innocence. I get away. Situations in life, you got to, is it, is it Psalms 19 verse 7? It, Psalms 19, I know it in Psalms 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You got it? Praise the Lord. I know it's in Psalms 19. Yes. Read verse 9, verse 7. Verse, I didn't say 119. Verse Psalms 19, verse 7. Here it is. The law of the Lord is what? Perfect. And what it does? Converting the soul. That's what God's word does. It has the power to make you right if you are wrong. If you've been wrong, then you've been carrying that wrong for years, brothers and sisters. God's word can make you right. You don't have to stay that way. You can be restored, amen, and move on living your life. And bless people, release people, and move on. 
bless and release. I got what to do for the Lord. I'm not going to walk around with a crushed soul. The devil is a liar. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, bless God. Amen. Tell somebody, I got the word. I've got the cure. <laughs> oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's get back to the pool of Bethesda. I told you I can preach that, but I'm going to leave it alone. The pool of Bethesda, a lot of important folks are there. Now, I want to focus on the goodness of God. Dickness, look how good God is. Listen, listen, listen to what happens. The Bible says here, um, waiting for the moving of the water. That's the verse 3. Verse 4 reads, I'm back to John chapter 5. Amen. John chapter 5. Verse 4, it says, the reason why the people gathered there is because, verse 4 tells us, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whoso then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Do you see God's kindness and God's goodness? God didn't have to do that. There was nobody laying hands. Let me say that in English. Some of us believe a man or a woman has to be there to lay hands. No, right where you are, since you can talk to God and your body can be made whole. I'm talking from experience. The healings I've gotten in my body, nobody laid hands on me. Am I saying there is no need to lay hands? No, I'm not saying that. God has ordained laying of hands. I, the Bible says in John chapter 16 verse 15, in my name, you got to see it. Let me, let's go quickly, but I'm just making a point. We have to rightly divide the word, amen? We have to what? Rightly divide the word. Glory be to Jesus. John chapter 16 verse 17, sorry, I'm so sorry about that. John chapter 16 verse 17, it says, then said some... Is it John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? Mark, sorry, I'm so sorry. Mark chapter 16. Ooh, Mark 16, 17. I'm so sorry since so many of these verses are swollen in my mind. But one day I'll get them all right. Amen. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall what? Cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall lay hands. Can you continue? They shall take up servant. And if they drink any deadly thing, what? They shall what? Lay hands on what? The sick, I'm saying that there is room for that. But I'm saying God is good. And sometimes there is no need to lay hands. Because God is just good like that. So the Bible says back then, people went to the doctor. The doctor says, we cannot help you. You got a disease that's incurable, so go home and die. So because of God's goodness, because he's merciful... The mercies of the Lord in us for forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy in us for So what God did, God just said, because I'm so good, because I love people, because I'm merciful, people are helpless. Let me just trouble the water. And the first person who steps therein will be made whole. And so an angel came down at a certain season and troubled the water means, this is what it means. At a certain time, they see the water swelling. 
You wouldn't see anybody, but the water would be turning and they would know, oh my God, the angel came and he troubled the water. And the first person that stepped in got healed immediately. Nobody laid hands. There was nobody singing Kumbaya. I'm, I'm trying to share the goodness of God with you. Because some, of, some people are trying to hijack Christianity their own way. God is merciful. Amen. God's people got healed. It was simple. That's all. God's mercy. His mercy is beautiful. His mercy is tender. I needed to get that God is a good God. He's merciful. He's tender hearted. Regardless of who we are. Or what we've done. And we need to know that. <laughs> Psalms 103 verse 4 I want to show you how the same word has said that's used in Psalms 136 how that same word is used in Psalms 103 verse 4 it says here David is saying can you go to verse 1 Psalms 103 verse 1 quickly let's just read the entire thing amen for those of you who are looking you haven't read for the week this is your reading amen Psalms 103 verse 1 bless the Lord O my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen. David is saying, man, I don't think, I don't feel like praising God. Amen. But I, I got to remind myself of some things. I got to stir up myself. Can, can you say you got to stir up? Sometimes you got to stir up yourself. Sometimes life can get at you. Sometimes situation can get at you. Amen. But you got to remember the mercies of God and talk to yourself. People say when you talk to yourself, you got issues. No, you are just being spiritual. Talk to yourself. Tell yourself some things about God. Remind yourself. It is very therapeutic. It is spiritual. It's healthy. It doesn't mean you've lost your mind. And so we see David saying, you're blessed out the Lord of my soul and forget not his benefits. Because if you don't remind yourself, you will forget. And then he went on to list the benefits. Let's, let's look at the benefits. We're about to get, I'm going to get the verse. But he said, this is one of the benefits. He forgiveth all your iniquities. Forgiveth. ETH is King James' way of saying present continuous. In other words, he's still doing that now. Since that you haven't tell anybody, but it's way down deep in your heart. Iniquities. God said he's continuing to forgive that. He heals all your diseases. Amen. He healeth. He's still healing today. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. This is the verse I want to get to. Who redeems. He's still redeeming people's lives today. That is why the Bible says in 2 Peter 3 verse 9. That God is not slack. Because he wants to redeem people. He's waiting for unsaved people to get saved. I was telling James, I was telling James that before we began, many, many Christians want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to heaven now. Let me say it again. I need, a, I need to bring a lot of unsaved friends with me to heaven. Heaven, hell is not a vacation. If you go to hell, you are there forever. How many of you want to bring as many people to heaven with you? Yes. There are many. We have families who are not saved. We need them in heaven. Just like God showed us mercy, we need God to show mercy to them. Send somebody in their path. Send a sermon. Send me, Lord. 
Who crowned? Here it comes. What he does? He crowns you with love and kindness and what? <laughs> Ooh, tell me, why wasn't I taught that in Sunday school? Why was I taught that God is an angry God? All my life, why try to put fear in me? Why not let me love God? Why not let the goodness of God draw me? Why are you trying to use fear to draw me? <laughs> oh, blessed be the name of... So, he said, and let me, can I break... Is it okay if I break that down? Yeah. To its lowest common denominator? Yeah. Yes. It says crowneth. Notice what crowneth means. Crowneth means he's still doing it. E-T-H. He's still doing it now. The word crowns means to encircle or to compass about with favor. <laughs> Woo! When the Bible says he's crowned you. With love and kindness and tender mercies, he's encircled you and I. <laughs> Woo! He's encircled us. Compass us about with love and kindness. Not just mercies, brothers and sisters. Tender mercies. Can somebody say tender mercies? I think in Psalms 5 verse 12 says, The Lord hath blessed the righteous. With favor, he will surround us as with a shield. <laughs> Isn't that a blessing? God has blessed the righteous. How? With favor. He surrounded me as with a shield. Every morning I say, boy, you are highly favored. And today is working out for you. I'm driving my boy to school and I'm saying I'm highly favored. I say, E, you know we're highly favored. Yes, daddy. Ah, glory be to God. I said, you know, today is working out for good. Yes, daddy. <laughs> Yeah. Anybody here blessed? Yeah. How? W what he did? With favor, he has compassed us and suckled us. So when we sing, I know who I am. I'm walking in favor. Walking in miracles. I live a life of favor. I know who I am. Every time I sing that song, Psalms 5.12 comes to my mind. Hey, glory, glory, glory. Walking in the mercies of God. Yes. Oh. oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Anybody here happy? Happy and thankful for the mercies of God? Glory be to Jesus. Man, next week I'm going to show you. What God said about himself. When God introduced himself to Moses, he introduced himself a way that I think we should spend some time on. I get what I'm saying. When he introduced him, you know, sometimes, I mean, if you are God and you are large and in charge, mm, and you get the opportunity to introduce yourself, wouldn't you say, well, I am El Elyon, possessor of heaven and earth. Wouldn't you say, I am Roha, I am the God who heals. Wouldn't you say that I am Jehovah Sit? I am Jehovah Makadesh. I own the cattle on the fire. Wouldn't you say that? That's not how we introduced himself. Brothers and sisters, I'm trying to tell you something. We miss out somewhere on the character of God. And I'm here to bring it back. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
What good does it, what good would it be for you to tell somebody I'm all that and you cannot identify with them? In this COVID time, we need people who we can identify with. We need a God who we can identify with. We need to know a God who cares about us. Who loves us. Who's genuinely interested in you and me. And be fully persuaded of that truth. What's lacking in Christendom is full persuasion of God's love for us. Therefore, God's power is not working for us. Amen. Because we are not fully persuaded. We still have in our minds, etched on the canvas of our memory, is a God who judges. I still have trouble, Elder Brenda, embracing what God says about me. Because for years in church school, fear, fear of God, fear of God. He'll get you. He'll take you out. Sin, just preaching sin. Who gives, who gives, who cares about sin? God dealt with sin. God dealt with sin a long time ago. We are the ones who are too concerned about sin. You teach people how to love God, they'll run from sin. They'll fall in love with God. They'll stay away from The Bible says it's the goodness of God that draws people to him. Not fearing God. It's time we start teaching goodness of God. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Can we continue here? Now, now the Bible says here, notice. So, so. God favors us with, can you go back to Psalms 103 verse 4. This is the verse I'm going to break down and I'm going to stop here for today. I got 14 pages, I'm on page number 2, but that's alright. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, who, <laughs> he crowns you with love and kindness. You see that word love and kindness? Elder, I went back. In the Hebrew and began to dig and I found out the word loving kindness refers to God's loyal, loyal love. Wow. That's the same word hesed. The same word mercy. That is the same word hesed. The same Hebrew word loving kindness in Psalms 103 verse, verse 4 is the same word in Psalms 106 verse 1, 2 and 3. Mercy. So when the Bible says God crowns you with loving kindness, he crowns you with mercy. And the word tender mercies, listen now, the word tender mercies, I'm going to jump. Uh, the word Because I need you to understand. The word tender mercies means compassion. <laughs> Woo! Compassion. So God encircles us, favors us with loving kindness and what? Compassion. You know, I went to dictionary, I went to dictionary.com and I took the liberty to look up love and kindness. Love and kindness means, listen to what it means. It means tender kindness motivated by affection. Listen, ten, motivated by affection. The word affection means warm-hearted and fondness. F-O-N-D-N-E-S-S. God is fond to be with. God is warm-hearted. That's what it says here. To be warm-hearted. Mm? The word tender mercies here. Listen. It, it, the word tender mercies. I said it means compassion. Now the Hebrews definition. The Hebrews definition for compassion was. Listen to the Hebrews definition. The definition for compassion was. The seat of emotions. The place where you feel things deeply. So when the Bible says. That God crowns us with loving kindness. Tender mercies is the same as compassion. Amen. 
It means that God feels what you feel from deep within. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? You remember I shared with you two weeks ago, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23. It says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. In other words, the way he feels about you in his heart fails not. He feels what you feel. He feels your hurt. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Don't you, don't, you, don't you worry with them when they tell you God doesn't care. Yes, he does. I had a lady said to me she was at a house. And the Bible, and she, had, she was at a house. She was under attack, COVID. And the, she told me the, the devil said to her. She said, she heard him said, you're alone. You're by yourself. Nobody cares for you. Because the devil's aim is to divide and Oh, he wanted to divide her, take her from church, take her from the word of God, and then come for the kill. She said she'd jump up from the bed and say, devil, God said, Lord, I'll be with you always unto the end. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Are you getting me? She said, devil, you leave my house now. You see, now if you do not know the word, you're going to say yes, yes. And then he comes for the kill. But the scriptures jump from her. And she opened up her mouth. The Bible says in John chapter, in John chapter 4 verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee like a little girl from you. He'll flee from you. You take that word and you release it from a heart full of faith. He'll flee. Full of faith, he'll flee from you. He'll flee from you. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Yes, yes. God is merciful, full of compassion. The devil wants us to believe otherwise. Let me show you how good God is. Let me just show you how good God is. Let me testify. Somebody called me this week, last week. Ella Brenda Dickness, maybe somebody called me and they said, They said, Pastor, and I asked them, Can I use your testimony? They said, yes. I said, I won't use your testimony until God reminds me if I'm preaching. And I said, I won't use your name. So they called me two weeks ago. They said, Pastor, we just went to the doctor. And the doctor gave me, the doctor said to me that my kidneys are deteriorating. The person said, uh, they said, Apostle, can you, can you pray with us? Because the doctor said we caught it in time. It's at, it's at the beginning stages. And while they were speaking to me, I felt, I felt, uh, I'm looking for a word. I felt holy anger. Can you see, can I use that word? Holy anger rise from me because these are people I care about. And the Holy Ghost gave me Jeremiah 30 to 27. I memorized that scripture verse 15 years ago. Hasn't used it for a long time. And it came and I said, listen, the Bible says, behold, I am the God, the God of all flesh. Is there anything? <laughs> Jeremiah 30 to 27. I want you to memorize that one. It came and I said, listen, listen, both of you stop and let me minister to you. God told me to tell you, behold, I am whom? The Lord, the God of all flesh, is there anything too hard for me? 
It's a rhetorical question. The question, the answer is no, Lord. Nothing is too hard for you. And they broke down crying. They said, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's what we needed to hear. Well, well, guess what, Elder Brenda? We were here praising God on Sunday afternoon for the ordination. You remembered? And all of a sudden, I felt in my spirit, I got a feeling everything is gonna. Oh, ho, ho. No, 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 no. I, I didn't mean to sin and think. I went on the pulpit to preach. And I felt in my soul. And while I was singing, God told me, point to them. I said, I got a feeling. <laughs> Everything is going to be all right. And when I said that, they said, yes. I saw them praising God. They called me two days ago. Pastor, we went back to the doctor. <laughs> they said, they, they said pa, we went back to the doctor. And the doctor said, we got a wrong diagnosis. I said, no way. You got healed. <laughs> you got healed. Nobody let hands. But God told me to point to them and say, I got a feeling. Everything. <laughs> God's loving kindness. What, what can you give praise for? God's loving kindness. You cannot take ownership for that. Nobody laid hands. God was just good. And they believed God. Pastor, no, I said, no, no, you got healed. And they, they said, we know that. <laughs> we just let the doctor think he was right. Kidneys are perfect. Perfect. God healed under the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we were praising God. That's why David said, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. You never know. And you remember the Sunday afternoon I kept saying, I feel God in an unprecedented way. I said that and I said, I feel, I said, God is healing. You remember I said that? I felt, I felt God healing, moving, touching his people. And she came to me and said, the doctor said, <laughs> you never know what God is doing when we are praising God and that's why you must never you get involved you get involved you tell your body no no we are getting involved we are not just sitting down there amen we came to engage and I'm engaging everything body soul and spirit You just never know what God is doing. You just never know what God is doing. You just never know sins. You just never know. God is merciful. When you and I got saved, the Bible told, tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6, God took you and he placed you in the beloved. Who is the beloved? Jesus Christ. And because you are in Jesus Christ, verse 6 says you are accepted. The word accepted means highly favored. <laughs> in Jesus you are highly that's the same word the angel used for Mary in Acts chapter 2 when he said hell thou art highly favored the Bible says in Ephesians 1 6 you and I are hell highly favored in the beloved highly favored why it says to the praise and oh thank you you got it it says to the praise of the glory of his what? The only his grace you can praise for that. 
Because he's so good. It's not you and I, we got something on God. No, it's his, that's how he is. That's how he is. He's a merciful, that he, that's his character. He's graceful. We need to know that. Let, let me share with you quickly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it to an end. I know that's my third time saying that, but. Amen. He said fourth time. I'm, I'm going to give you an Old Testament story. Now, when I read that story, I got real mad. Because I couldn't believe God is that good. You remember Manasseh, Hezekiah's son. Where is it again in the Bible? I think it's in 2 Chronicles chapter 33. Manasseh took over King Hezekiah. And Manasseh was the most wickedest king in Israel. He's a born murderer. His story, I think, is in 2 Thank you. Second Chronicles 33. We got it. Amen. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem. Verse 2 is going to give you to verse 9 what he did. Listen to what the man did. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord like unto the abominations of the heathen. Just like unsafe people behaved. That's how he behaved. Whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Verse 3 quickly. For, listen to what he did. He built again the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down. And he read up altars for the Baalims. The men put altars back to worship the devils and made groves. You know what groves are? You know what groves are? I don't want, it's very despicable statue, so to speak. Amen. Groves and worship all the host of, can you go back? Can you go back? Worship all the host of heaven and serve them. Stop here. He believed in, uh, um, as, uh, yeah, but yeah, in, a, in astrology, but th there is something. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm trying to, God help me. You know some horoscope, so to speak. That. He believed in the horoscope. Well, my today is this today. You know, there are Christians still believing that today. And they'll fight you. And tell you it's of God. Today's money day. Anyhow, let me move on here. Even if I take them to this scripture, they wouldn't believe me. So it says here, can you go to verse 4? This is what he's doing. And I'm done. Also he built altars in, in the house of the Lord. Whereof the Lord had said in Jerusalem shall my name be forever. Quickly verse 5. He says here, and he built altars for all the host of, all the host of heaven. Guess why he built them? In the courts, in the inner court and the outer court of the temple. Twice over. Can you go to verse, uh, verse 36 quickly? I'm almost done. Verse 36. And he caused his children, listen, he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the sons of Heman. This man murdered his children. He took his kids. Have you seen that, have you seen that, that statue with the hands like this and it has a, a, a cow head? And what they would do, they would hit the iron. And they would put the babies. And they would go up in smoke. He did that. Listen, listen, listen. Also he observed times and used enchantments. The man was a male witch. A wizard. And used witchcraft and dealt with familiar spirits, with wizards. He wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. 
Can you go to verse 7 quickly? I'm bringing it to a close here. And he set a carved image, the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon his sons, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. This man put an image right in there. Can you go to verse 8? Verse 8. Neither will I, he's continuing to say, amen. Can you go to verse 9? Quickly. So Manasseh made Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err and to do worse than the heathen whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. He did worst. Because of that, God allowed the Babylonians to come in. I hate to use that word God allowed because a lot of people are taking advantage of that. He sowed what he ripped. Amen. So verse 10, go to verse 10. And the Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. And you go to verse 11 quickly. I'm almost done. Wherefore the Lord brought upon him the captains of the host of the kings of Assyria, which took, listen, which took Manasseh among the thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to, ba to Babylon. Now some people said that he got his eyes gouged, gouged out. I'm not sure, but some historians seem to think that when the Assyrians took him, the Assyrians were, these people, overly vicious and wicked demon possessed took him to Babylon and when he was in affliction listen he's in prison he besought the Lord his God he had some time to think and what he did humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers see what God did you won't believe it I, I know you're going to get mad I got mad and prayed unto him and he said, and he was entreated of him. God heard him. And heard his supplications. And guess what God did? Can you go to, and brought him again to Jerusalem. Into his kingdom. <laughs> I'm trying to show you how merciful God is. God brought this man back to his kingdom and the Bible said then Manasseh knew the Lord he was God. This man is, went down in a record as the most wicked king in Israel. A born, some commentators call him a born murderer. And he was in prison. He prayed to God and the mercy of God. God felt Manasseh's pain in his heart. <laughs> because the Bible says his compassion fails not. And he brought, he didn't only bring him back to Jerusalem, he restored his kingship to him. <laughs> now I'll bring him back. And he'd be in a hole. No, that's me. That's human beings. That is why David said, when, when God, when God told David, you did wrong, you multiplied wives. And you counted the army. I'm going to punish you. He's, he told, God told him, God told David, you name your punishment. I'm giving you three things. David said, uh-uh, you punish me. Because if I fall in the hands of a man. <laughs> because David knew that God was merciful. Full of compassion. Plenteous in mercy. <laughs> oh glory be to God 
Woo! That's the kind of God we need to know. We need to be acquainted with. Because brothers and sisters, this world, this world will take you. Woo! Take you down, take you out, take you around. And you need to know, brothers and sisters, that God is a merciful God. When you're down on your knees, God feels what you feel. That's why the Bible says he's a high priest who's touched with the very feelings of our infirmities. Oh, God knows, Jesus knows, he feels you when you hurt. He feels your heart. He feels your pain. And he wants to do something about it. The problem is we do not know that. We think we are all alone. And the devil comes to you and says, you're by yourself. God doesn't love you. Can I move further? And then you have some of us telling you, you're by yourself. God is an angry God. God is a merciful God. Merciful God. I got to give you one more verse. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Psalms 103. Go down. It, uh, I mean, 13, 14. It's, it talks about he pities us as a father. Can you go back to verse? Can you go to verse 11? Verse 11. Listen to what the Bible says about God. As far as the east, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy. What? Are you hearing that? As far as the heaven. Can you measure that distance? No, you can't. It's just a way of saying that God's mercy is abundant. That's the word hesed. Loving kindness. Towards them that what? Fear him. Verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so hath he removed our transgressions from us. You see, there is a distance from the north pole to the south pole. There is no distance from the east to west. It's just forever and Let's continue. Let's continue. There's a verse I want to... Like as a father pitieth his children, has mercy and compassion on his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. Hmm? That's the word mercy here, pity, mercy, compassion, love, and kindness. Can you continue? For he knoweth our frame. This is it. God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. That's what drives God. God said, I know them. They came from dust. <laughs> just a bunch just dust walking around dress dust pretty dust handsome dust I, God, God, you know God's not our makeup and so because of that <laughs> he pities us he pities us don't you take offense because God says you are dust he knows we are dust that's what he says that, that's, that's, that the Bible says that's how God made Adam from the dust of the earth how many of you thank God for his goodness and for his mercy I'm going to stop here today Father we thank you for your mercies please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water. 
bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11 and the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850 408 8496.